George Bernard Shaw, the Irish playwright and critic of just about everything that exists, asked once to have his tombstone carved with the words, I knew if I stayed around long enough, this would happen to me. Shaw's epitaph speaks for us all. Remain in our time-bound world for any length of time, and death happens to us, too, just as it happened to George Bernard Shaw. This Sunday, we hear the story of another victim of the harvest of death, a friend of the Lord's named Lazarus, though his death represents a twist in the drama of human mortality, and that is because he returns from the grave as a resuscitated corpse, brought back to life only to die again at some future point. This is the narrative drama of the human condition that John gives us in chapter 11. The basic elements of the story are similar to what most of us have experienced in the death of family members or friends, the grieving survivors at the gravesite waiting for the priest to arrive and begin the rite of committal with final commendation. There is one exception, though, And that exception marks a difference between the rites of burial in ancient times and the rites of our modern funeral practices that tried to shield us from the pitiless realities of death. Not so John's Gospel. When the Lord Jesus says to take the stone away, the ever-practical Martha, aware that Lazarus has been dead four days, tells him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. The Navarre Bible puts it a little more delicately by using the word odor. By now there will be an odor. But odor is an ambivalent word that could just as easily mean the smell of perfume, the smell of a roast chicken on a Sunday afternoon, or the corruption of death. The King James Bible gets right to the heart of it. Lord, says Martha, he stinketh. All the horror and ugliness of death is found in those two words, he stinketh. The readings for this Sunday are pointing us to the solemnity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ just two weeks away, but there is an important difference between the raising of Lazarus and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is not a revivified corpse come back to life, to the life he lived before Good Friday. He is rises as a glorified body, the firstborn of the dead. He is, as he himself says in today's gospel, the resurrection and the life. And that means he does not just have life like you and I, he is life. John the Evangelist is not simply drawing a parallel between two different post-mortem ways of being. He's telling us that The raising of Lazarus is the turning point in the life of Christ because you can't bring a dead man back to life without drawing some attention to yourself. In John's Gospel, this attention comes in the form of the belief that there's something special about this rabbi from Nazareth. He does what prophets do. And if he is a prophet, he may also be the prophet, the weighted Messiah. Jump ahead to Palm Sunday And now we understand why there is such an enthusiastic crowd greeting Christ as he enters Jerusalem. Someone who can raise the dead is a handy person to know. I said that this is a turning point in the life of the Lord Jesus, but for his enemies, chiefly the Sanhedrin, the miracle in John 11 is the point of no return. 
they must put into action now a plot to kill Christ before there is a popular uprising to make him king. And as we know, their plot will come off without a hitch. Or so it appeared until Easter Sunday morning. George Bernard Shaw died on All Souls Day, November 2nd, 1950. He was 94 years old. So he was right. He stayed alone around long enough. For a Catholic, no matter when or how we die, the resurrection of Christ means that the dates on a headstone do not have the final word on a person's life. This is true for Lazarus. It's also true for George Bernard Shaw, who once said, Thank God I'm an atheist. The difference is that when he does return at the resurrection of the just on the last day, it's going to be a much bigger surprise for him than it will be for the rest of us.